Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. George far side, near side, it is Dotson, Firemuth, and Hamler. Kane is now to the right of Clifford. Takes the snap, wants to throw, waits, delivers near corner. Firemuth, Pat reaches off, got it, touchdown, Penn State, the Nittany Lions on the board first. First and 10, their own 36. It's going to be Slade, 40, 50, Ricky Slade to the 40, Cutsworth's left to the 30, far side line 25, Cutsworth's right, and down inside the 25, and down at the 20-yard line. Wing left, fire move, wing right. Clifford fakes it, takes it, got it, touchdown, Penn State. He faked the pitch, he took it home himself, and the Nittany Lions have a two-score lead. 40, Charbonnet to the left. Black in motion away from us. Back. Screen pass. Intercepted. Tariq Castro fields. And Penn State has it at the 35-yard line. Clifford takes it. They bring. Back. Near corner. Hamler. He's there. Reaches out. Got it. Touchdown. Penn State. Takes the snap. Back to pass. Steps up. Some pressure. Hit by Garrett Taylor. And down he goes. Back on the 34-yard line. Two near side, Dotson, Hamler. Back goes Clifford off play action. Waits. Long and deep down the middle. Hamler, KJ's there. Got it. Touchdown, Penn State. 53 yards. Clifford takes it. Right knee down. Ball game. Penn State beats Michigan. 28 to 21. They go to 7 0 on the season. We played really good team football. Um, offense wasn't always the way we'd want it. Defense wasn't always the way we want it. Special teams wasn't always the way we want it. But really, in all three phases, we were able to make plays when we needed to against a very talented opponent, very well-coached team, program with great history and tradition, and we were able to battle through it. So I, I couldn't be more proud of our guys and how we, how we were able to play against a really good opponent and find a way to get a win at an end on our terms again. James, talk about you've rotated on defense, especially all year. How much dividend did that play, play today, especially in the fourth quarter? Yeah, I think it's it's helping us. I really do. We gotta, we're going to have to continue to do that. In these games, you tend to get a little conservative, and, and we got some really talented players. we just got to get them in there and, and let them play. Um, it's always easier to go with the older veteran players, um, but you know, they're really at this point of the year, seven seven games in, you know, they're, they're not rookies anymore anyway. So I'm going to be interested to look at the rep count, um, you know, come tomorrow you know, when we go over to grades and all those types of things. But, you know, we just have to continue playing these young players because they're talented. James, you went deep a lot today trying to hit the deep ball. And did you see in the game game plan that that was where you wanted to hit these guys? Well, that's who these guys are. You know, I, I've known Don for a long time <laughs> since he was the defensive coordinator. I was the offense coordinator at Maryland. His time at Boston College and his, his time at, at, at uh, Michigan. Um, 
it's pretty much he's going to overload the box. He's going to penetrate. He's going to be aggressive. And it's high risk, high reward. And, you know, what he's betting on is that you're not going to hit enough of the deep balls to beat him. And tonight we were able to do that just enough to get the win. We left a few out there. But overall, we were able to make some big plays down the field, which was critical. I'm sure every defensive coordinator circles the name K.J. Hamler when the week starts. And he had another 100-yard receiving game, two touchdowns, and the big run at the end. What is he giving you, James? Well, it's it's one thing to have a plan. You know, it's one thing to have a plan to meet in room, but it's kind of like that old Mike Tyson quote. You can have a plan all you want until you get punched <laughs> in the face. And with him, it's not necessarily a punch. It's his speed. You know, you can, you can prepare for it all you want and have a plan for it all you want. But when that guy starts rolling, I mean, there's, there are very few people on the planet that can run like him. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. You go to purdyinsurance.com. So we pulled a guy off the street who was actually at the whiteout on Beautiful. Saturday night. Glad to be here, Steve. Bob Euner. Bob is a pleasure, as always. I was just thinking, Steve, um, have you ever heard Beaver Stadium that loud and as it was on Saturday night? Well, it's as loud as I've ever heard it, that's for sure. I mean, there were moments where you just felt like, wow, it was really, really rolling. You know, and there were other years, some, you know, Ohio State games oh, and yeah. things like that where it have been like that. So, um, you know, I mean, so I'm just, for example, I'm just, you know, throwing, like, examples out there. So it, it was as loud, which means it is right there standing side by side with uh, some other great nights in there. But it was something else. What struck me was that at the end – at the end of the game, we're doing we're you know, we haven't gone quote into the post game show yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't done that part yet, and we're looking at each other. And I looked over at Jack. I said, "Look around. Nobody left." Oh. So then we we stayed. What we did was we stayed on the air. We stayed on. And the reason we stayed on was so the whole stadium could sing the alma mater. It was a and, thrilling moment when that happened. Yeah. And so when they were done, you know, we just laid out and you, know, you could hear everybody, you could hear the blue band and you could hear the stadium singing. And when it was done, they said, that's what victory sounds like. Sure did on Saturday night. That's for certain. So you guys are describing the ending. I want to go back to the beginning. I'll ask either both of you can. We'll kick this around. When was the first time you ever saw a beginning of a ball game and a, a team call a timeout and no time was taken <laughs> off the clock? <laughs> well, if you want to get the crowd feeling like they're really, really into it, yeah. <laughs> this does it. Yeah, that just encouraged 110,000 voices to get louder. They're like, oh, okay. Steve, the other thing that struck me about the crowd on Saturday night was you, we've all heard of those late-arriving crowds. This was mm-hmm. an early-arriving crowd. The place was probably 75-80% filled with at least 30-40 minutes to go before kickoff. People were in the stadium and r- ready to go, ready to cheer. 
Well, geez, Bob, the game was at 7.30. I hope so. <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, if the game was at noon or 11 a.m., I'd Those are like, the crowds we want for the noon kicks. Yeah. <laughs> no offense. That impresses me. Okay? A game at 7.30. If you can't get in there in time, really. No, I mean, it was, but this, I'm talking 35, 40 minutes beforehand. And, you know, with uh, just when uh, the team's out practicing kicking field goals or practicing extra... There were cheers from the crowd for that, and it was really I just a what the heck? I've never seen a Penn State crowd ready to go, you know, within an hour before kickoff, 45 minutes before kickoff. They were ready to have the game start then. Well, let me put it this way. You, you know that you're I've, – I've laughed about this before where the Penn State Blue Band travels. Mm-hmm. I, I, they're at Ohio State. They're at Michigan. And I'll say – Oh, great. They're booing the band. I said, really? <laughs> now, I said, what is I said, what is the purpose? Somebody explain to me, yeah. why do you boo the band? <laughs> no. It's like, you know, and I mean, that's happened on the road where I've seen that happen with the blue band. It's like, are you just completely classless? Uh, I, I, but, I have seen witness that, too, on the road yeah. at Penn, for Penn State. Yeah, we'll find out if they, the, find out they the boo band. the blue band this Saturday since the blue they'll, band will be at Michigan State. They'll be at Michigan State. Yeah. Wow. Believe me. They'll, they'll boom. <laughs> and I was like, okay, great. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's okay. Uh, but no offense, Bob. 730. What else did they have to do? They've already spent all day in the parking lot. They're done. That's all true. You know, <laughs> it's time to go in. <laughs> that's all true as well. There was a, a long day of tailgating uh, from about noon on for about 100,000 of the fans at least. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no question about that. Oh, wow. It is uh, – but it was a great – look, when you look at it, I, I had people after the game say to me, well, you know, they boy, I mean, except for the scoreboard, like, quote, quote, we lost every statistical category. I said, what are you talking about? Yeah. That's not true. That's not true. No. I said, I said there, was, there were two significant categories that Penn State won. Well, what was that? I said, giveaway, takeaway. Yep. Okay, Penn State didn't have any. Michigan had one, and Penn State again turned the takeaway into points. And I looked at the the group of fans and said, and I can I said, can I ask you guys what the margin of victory was? Is it seven? I said, no, really. I said, looks to me like Penn State won a stat. <laughs> uh, you know, I said, uh, it's giveaway, takeaway, and so, Penn State this year. Has 59 points off of 10 takeaways. They're averaging six points per takeaway. You know, the ability to get quick change and turn it into points is significant. And, you know, the Castro Fields interception that led to the first Hamler touchdown. And I just, you know, this is. That's they're doing a great job of taking advantage of opportunities they create, and they've done that. Uh, I know people are not you know they feel Michigan had the better of the play in the second half and so forth. Look, Michigan. The first of all, you're not facing a mediocre team. No, I I think it, there has to be some at some point you have to recognize that. For all the publicity Michigan has received about trouble and so forth, that is not a team lacking in talent. Not at I all. Mean, they, I mean, they, look, I mean, Quiddy, Quiddy Pay, Dumb for Uche, 
McGrone's going to be a really good linebacker. I thought I, I looked at him on tape. I thought that guy is going to be good. McGrone, Kalik Hudson, Laverne Hill, Metellus, okay, Ambry Thomas. I'm sorry. There's a lot of NFL guys over there. I mean, a lot of NFL guys. And Patterson played. I get. Let's give Shea Patterson some credit. Shea Patterson. We. I said on. Remember what I said on Friday, mm-hmm. Sean. What what people weren't talking about. People were not talking about Patterson's ability to move and run. Everybody's talking about how long he holds on to the ball and so forth. I said he hurt Penn State last year with his legs. Guess what? Same thing happened. He was hurting them with his legs. He kept plays alive. He gained some yards and some plays. When Penn State got a rush with four, they walled him off and he went up the middle. I mean, you know, I, and I thought Patterson played really, really well. Sometimes the other guy does some things really well, and for whatever reason, that is never taken into account. Steve, one of the, I think the misleading statistic from Saturday's game was time of possession. Oh, well, the time of possession. Yeah, We've got well, 37 misle- to 22. Yeah, misleading to a point, Bob. Misleading to a point. This is the part that, okay, 37 is a big number. Huh. This is where you do get concerned. You get concerned about the number of plays your defense is out there. Mm-hmm. See, that that's where the concern comes in. Okay, wait a minute. They're out there a long time. I don't care if it's 33-27. I don't care if it's 32-28. But now you're getting the 37 and... When you start looking at that, now you start getting concerned. Wait a minute, how many plays is my defense playing? That's where you do get concerned. About that, that's where the concern comes in about about time of possession. Yes. Yeah, in the end, it's how many points. But you know, is my defense wearing out? Is my defense? You know, are they hanging on a little bit? I mean, well, that's rotation, where you do get concerned. The rotation yeah. that uh, Pry had in the uh, course yeah. of the game, I think, was yeah. the unstated but critical yes. point yes. because guys like Brandon Smith uh, a freshman a five star guy from Virginia not our Brandon Smith from Winfield unfortunately but who was Bra- at the game by the way was he oh, is yes. he in medical school just doing yes, great he things is. yes he is no sh- no surprise there Steve but Brandon Smith a true freshman out there in critical points I think one of the defensive backs was Ellis is it from State College Keaton Ellis and Marquise Wilson both true freshmen and and, and they're playing Both. Michigan as freshmen yep. and the holding the their game. own. Yeah, in the heat of the game. It's a good point, Bob. And I really and thought I it's a good point. No, I really thought that 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 uh, you know we expect Michael Parsons to be out there every play, but he as much as we think he's Superman, he does need the occasional uh, break in the phone booth. I mean, I thought that I thought the rotation they had defensively. In a game where Michigan had the ball 37 minutes, yeah. gave them enough in the toolbox. Because really, you can argue, but they actually had two goal line stands. Yes. You can argue that. But again, I'm not going to sit here and say good call, bad call, because you flat out can't see the ball. But I don't think he made it. Just on my gut feeling in terms of my, of my observation. Of looking at it, geez, I'm like, I don't know if he got in. Well, Steve, yeah, you're but, talking, yeah. But again, if they call it a touchdown, it, I mean, unless you have groundhog cam, you can't see it. But you know, Steve, what I watched on that play uh, was the side judge on the Michigan side. 
came you know from the sideline as they do when there's a play like that right. and he put his foot down about a foot out of the away from the goal line right. he did not raise his hand one iota and based on where i thought the quarterback was in that scrum he would have had an excellent vantage point because I think he was to the would be the right of center yeah, toward the Michigan sideline, and that guy didn't blink an eye or, or raise a hand or anything. And I'm thinking yeah. it's we got the ball at the you know the one inch line, I but I don't know I don't know Bob, and yeah. the reason I don't know is this because remember what the camera view was of the play it was the same view as the side judge. Yeah. It was his view too, and yeah. I'm looking at going. I don't know what he can see. I have no idea yeah. what it is, and so and you can't find the ball, and no. now you're trying. Now you're trying to find. So I'm a, okay. This is something I think is going to be interesting. We have a lot of technology these these days, right? Mm-hmm. What's to say you can't make a football that has a chip in it? And what's to say you can't have? chip technology at a goal line. Well, that's exactly right. You could put some kind of a, a metal right. a metal there at the goal line or something. Or, yeah. A laser, yeah, something. exactly. Right? right? You have to have a chip in each end of the ball because you don't know, you know which, which end way. of the ball is going to be. Okay? But what's to say at some point down the road, we don't know. You can't tell when these go down and things like that. That part you yeah. can't tell. So is it okay? coming soon to college football? V-A-R. No, I'm, but I'm just... I'm just <laughs> But I'm just saying, I mean, it's 2019. What's to say we have chip technology on cards now, on credit cards? Yep. You, you know, you know you, we got chip technology everywhere. On animals, uh, if you want to, if they get, go right. missing, you can track right. them down. Exactly. I mean, I mean, I know our interim finance director tried to get us chipped, and he said no. <laughs> well, you already um, have mini cameras embedded in the orange pylons in the corners. And the, yeah. The yeah. So, why, yeah, why not? Go one better, sure. I mean, I'm saying that down the road within the next five years, I wouldn't doubt that, that we we may see chip te- technology. I'm just saying. Just as, just as a thought moving forward. But again, you even on that, you can't tell. No. I mean, you, you know, now what the chip would do is that, oh, it set up the, say, for example, boom, here, let's move it. It set off the laser here. His knee's still up. Yep. His knees down. I mean, so there are things that you can maybe piece together. But it's just a thought for down the road. doesn't matter. Penn State won 28-21. <laughs> okay. And he scored the touchdown. Probably was 28-14. I'm not so sure there's a hold in the kickoff either, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, All right. right. So, <laughs> so we'll come back. Uh, brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570-286-5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. John Reed pours over tape exhaustively, including tape of his own receivers. You want to know why he pours over tape of his own receivers? Because he has to play them in practice. This scout says to me, he says, that is my kind of guy right there. You can tell the film study pays off for him all the time. There are some people who don't want to put in the extra stuff, and it shows. The Steve Jones Show, 3 to 5 weekdays on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our great friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, whatever your insurance needs may be, go with the best of the business, go with the pros. They know the right insurance to find for you. They'll find the best price because budget's important. And any updating that's needed, they'll do. There ever is a need for a claim. They will go to work for you as if it happened to them. Customer service means everything. And not only that, but away from the office, the Purdy Insurance people are good people. There's really good people. So you want really good people who are really good pros. That's Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors. Talking about great pros. Best sales staff, service department, great products. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Still to come on the show today, Frank Bodani, York Daily Record, and Bucknell Head football coach Dave Cicchini. Um... I want to get into something that's off topic for a moment because I know that we've been dealing with Penn State football and they've got a game against Michigan State coming up on Saturday that we'll deal more with as the week goes. And their defense, the uh, Willikis and Williams, Panazuk, the, the brothers, Joe Bocci was really good. Uh, Josiah Scott at corner, they got a good defense, very good defense. And, of course, on offense with Stewart and Elijah Collins and Lewerke. We'll get into all that as the week goes. Uh, it's going to be a good, tough matchup out there. Uh, I know we've been talking about Michigan, but I want to get into a side topic for a moment. And it deals with the Williamsport Crosscutters. Oh. Well, oh, 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 not, oh, not so great. Oh. Um... um Major League Baseball is negotiating a new deal with Minor League Baseball. The current agreement runs out September 15, 2020. So Major League Baseball, and Sean is in the process of getting a hold of J.J. Cooper of Baseball America, who broke the story, wrote the article about this. 
the proposal, and again, this is a negotiation. Bob, you know all about negotiations. <laughs> Got to put it, it on paper, Steve. Right. Well, here's the here's the bottom line. Say, for example, um, Sean wants two hundred thousand dollars. You offer one hundred. You negotiate. You're far apart. In the end, the goal on each side is to eventually get somewhere between one forty and one sixty. Fair. Fair enough. That's usually, that's usually how it works, right? But it's the path to getting there that takes time. Major League Baseball's initial proposal is to cut 42 minor league teams, and including the New York Penn League. That is shocking. Shocking. Right. Okay? Mm. That's, that's the initial proposal. Now, what they are bringing up in this is they're talking about facilities. The importance of putting out major league facilities at minor league ballparks. Let's be honest about it. You've been to Medler Field, right? Yes, we've all uh, absolutely. All right. right. Medler Field, the Cardinals love having a minor league team here. Why? Because the facility is so good. Well, what's when you look at the New York Penn League, for example, see there's couple of short season leagues. Northwest League's another one. Yet the Northwest League would be elevated to full season. They're not on the chopping block. The New York Penn League is. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't reshuffle teams. But the New York Penn League does have some facilities that fall into the definition of what Major League Baseball is talking about. And with all due respect to the fine people in Batavia... And with all due respect to the fine people of Auburn, they don't fall into the category of what Major League Baseball is talking about. Steve, can I interrupt and ask this fundamental question? What difference does that make in terms of facilities to Major League Baseball? They've all got their good stadiums. Why do they care about Bowman Field, the majestic, historic Bowman Field? What's the deal? Well, I think it's all part of the negotiating ploy. And what here's in the end, this is what Major League Baseball wants to do. They want to give minor league players more money. So essentially what they do want to do is they want to take the same financial pool and give it to fewer players. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. That's, I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, here's the equivalent of what they're trying to do. Um, we had 10 flights a day that went from Philadelphia to Denver. Right? And they weren't full. So now we have five flights a day, and they're all full. Okay. It's the same thing, but we're using less gas, okay? Uh, well, Steve, do you think, and I'm just asking because I think you know far more about minor league baseball than most any other person that I know. Do you think it's because of the rise of college baseball and the talent level that's staying in college? Like, you know, that, that College World Series is now a huge event. Uh, it gets national attention. The school's getting at Vanderbilt is always a name that comes up. And, right. and is it because now you've got, instead of 18-year-old boys out of high school signing a contract with a minor league team, all of a sudden they're going to name a, you know, a North Carolina, a Vanderbilt, etc., and graduating as 22-year-old seasoned men, so you don't need as many minor league teams because you've already got a talent pool in a secondary area that you don't have to pay for. 
Really good point, really good question, but I don't think it actually enters into this conversation. Okay. Um, I think that uh, because they're talking about taking the draft and doing it after the College World Series. So, in other words, moving it back th- two, mm-hmm. three weeks. Yeah. I think Major League Baseball is making a huge marketing mistake in two areas. And, and look, Major League Baseball right now needs to be very careful about their marketing. Right? Attendance went down again this year. And I think they need to be careful with their marketing, and here are the two fronts. Number one, I hold my draft in, uh, like, right around June 4th, 5th, 6th, right around there. Then the College World Series takes place. Oh, X has been drafted by, Y has been drafted by, and they go through all the guys out there that have been drafted. What great publicity for Major League Baseball. That the, these guys, I'll give you an example. Harrison Bader is now with the Cardinals. When Harrison Bader played in the College World Series for Florida, they're talking about how he got drafted by the Cardinals the whole deal, and guess what? He comes here as a known entity. Hits a couple of home runs and eventually moves up the chain. Now he's in the major leagues. Just the pure publicity of Harrison Bader's been drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals. Look at him play in the College World Series. That draws more viewers to the College World Series. That draws more interest in Major League Baseball. It draws more baseball interest. So there's a windfall across the board to doing this. And that's why I think they're missing a huge... If they were to change, they'd be botching their marketing. Number two, right? Attendance on the major league level has gone down. You're trying to get young people interested in baseball. When you go to Bowman Field or you go to Medler Field, Lebron Park, which have great family pricing, notice all the kids that are there. And guess what happens? Those kids then get hooked on loving baseball. And that's where baseball is missing. If baseball were to follow through on this, and this is not going to be the final proposal, believe me. But if baseball were to get its way and this were the proposal, they'd be botching a marketing opportunity in 40 markets around the country to get young people to go to baseball games. And to me, to me, it, when I look at it, there's a lack of common sense in their proposal from a marketing point of view that makes no sense whatsoever for a sport right now where the average age of the viewer is 53, 54 years old. Hey, that's not what you want. Now, Steve, it reminds me of what Ben Franklin said 250 years ago. Penny wise, pound foolish. Yeah, exactly. Now, I look, I understand... They, they say want to keep it to five levels, but the five levels include Florida and Arizona. All right, I'm thinking, oh, brother. I understand you have your complexes there. I got it. But to me, those complexes should be spring training. First of all, nobody goes to the games down there. Nobody. Nobody goes to the games in Arizona. Nobody goes to the games in Florida. I, I don't mean the spring training games. Right. I'm talking about the the Arizona League and the Gulf Coast League. To me, those complexes are there for spring training and your instructional league. I can go with them keeping five levels, but keep the Florida and Arizona leagues out of it. Right? That should be those complexes should just be there, in my opinion, for uh, spring training, extended spring training, and instructional league. Steve, uh, the negotiations. 
where in the negotiating teams would be the representatives of minor league baseball? Is, Pat, or is, is, Pat, Pat O'Connor would be representing, along with several others, minor league baseball it, in this. And right now the negotiations are in hold because they're not going to negotiate during the playoffs in the World sure. Series. So the next negotiating session will be in November. And then there'll probably be more negotiating that happens in San Diego because in December because that's where the uh, baseball winter meetings will yeah. take place. And is this also uh, part of the players' association negotiation? Is it wrapped in Not together? Or is it really, separate? No, it's separate. This okay. is this is separate. This is separate from the baseball players' association. It has nothing to do with it. Okay, as players, and there is no minor league players' association, so there's no union to deal right. with there. So this is a question of between Major League Baseball and minor league clubs. And the last time they had a contentious negotiation was 1990. So you're talking uh, 30 years I mean, since they had, had a, a bone of contention between the minors and the majors. Steve, it's kind of hard for minor league baseball owners to go on strike. I guess they could close up the, par- the stadiums and withdraw a season as their only negotiating tool, but that's pretty unrealistic. I mean, I, I think the key is to some... I can already tell you right off the top that two leagues that won't make it would be the Appalachian League and the Pioneer League. Okay. Pioneer so League put, is where and Appalachian League is where? Appalachian League is south of here. Pioneer League is uh, west of here. Okay. okay. Now, you're at that point, you're engaged in 18 teams. Okay? There's 10 in the Appalachian League. There's 8 in the Pioneer League. Uh, you then need to find one other low minor uh, league to look at. It seems like they're really enamored with the Atlantic League and the South Atlantic League. I, mean, I think you know, the Atlantic League is the one where they've been experimenting with all the rules. So it seems like they're really enamored with that for some crazy reason. But I... Hmm. I just, uh, if you knock it down 18 and you go from 160 down to 142, okay, now, and maybe, and then maybe you look at, and I say this again, please, with all due respect, I'm not trying to, ch- I don't want any team, I don't want any town to lose their, lose their team. But you look at the New York Penn League. And in the New York Penn League, you, instead of having 14 teams, you go forward with 12. Okay, now, you know, and again, who would be the two you'd look at right away would be, because of facilities, Auburn and Batavia. So now we're down to 140. So now, to me, if you're doing that negotiation of 160 to 120, what's the middle number? Yep, exactly, 140. 140. So if you're looking at, at facilities, the Appalachian League, the Pioneer League, and then if you look at the New York Penn League, Unfortunately, it's two long-standing franchises with some terrific fans in Batavia and Auburn, but neither one of them has a facility. I mean, it's is why 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 are the West Virginia Black Bears in Morgantown right now instead of Jamestown? Because the brand new ballpark in Morgantown, which is gorgeous, right? They did a terrific job with it. Dietrich Park in Jamestown is unfortunately from a bygone era. Well, Dwyer Stadium of Batavia is from a bygone era. Um, Falcon Park in Auburn's from a bygone era. And to be honest with you, even a place like Burlington, Vermont, Centennial Fields from a bygone era. 
Well, they, I mean, so there, there are areas, there are areas to look at. Now, what helps Williamsport is that they play that major league game every year. Yes, and they've got Steve Keener, president of Little League Baseball, with some great um, friends in in the major leagues because of that yeah. game. Well, I mean, no question. But again, the fact that Major League Baseball pours money into that facility every year, I'm talking about. Yeah. And this facility, the facility, I'm talking about like grass, things like that. It's not just the training room and so forth. Right? You need to upgrade your facility. But, for example, Major League Baseball puts that field in every year in Williamsport. So the field that you saw this summer, they're going to tear it out. There's going to be a new one put in. And Major League, you know, that way the Red Sox and Orioles can play on it next year. Mm-hmm. So that's a plus in Williamsport's favor because that's part of the, the the dugouts are major league, the field is major league, right? You don't have that in South Burlington, you don't have that in Auburn, you don't have that in Batavia. So I think you can be you can look at certain leagues and say not going to make it. You could also look at certain franchises that won't make it, but don't go. For example, the Yankees want to keep Staten Island. They love oh. the idea of being able to rehab guys there. Brooklyn. The Mets want to keep Brooklyn because they like the idea of rehabbing guys there. I mean, believe me, they've had guys rehab there. Like, I remember Jose Reyes, for example, playing against the Spikes rehabbing there, for goodness <laughs> sakes. Or, uh, and, and Pagan. Pagan rehabbed there before they shipped him off to the Giants. But I remember Pagan rehabbing against the Spikes. Uh, you know, you look, I mean, Auburn, okay? Yeah. Rehab. Watch the World Series. Victor Robles, starting in center field for the Washington Nationals. Guess what? He played six games in state college last year for Auburn on rehab. I mean, so it's like, you know, I mean, there's, there's so much marketing here that, the, again, the major leagues do a lousy job of marketing. This is another marketing um, problem. I think the fact this got out there, I think, is a, the fact that the information's out there is bad for Major League Well, somebody baseball. obviously um, in the minor league baseball organization saw this as a, an opportunity to raise the issue with the public, to raise concern among all those small towns and cities in, in the United States that have a franchise that have invested right. public funds in this franchise and now may be stripped of it. All right. So I want to, I, you know... I, want to make sure that we're going to follow this closely. I think in the end you'll see two leagues gone. I think in the end you'll then see selective franchises and others gone, and you're going to see more full-season baseball and not short-season baseball. I think that's what you're going to see in the end. Well, that's just my guess from the outside looking. In other words, you could see Williamsport, for example, and State College both having many more games on their schedule. Sure. All right. Starting as, earlier, as f- finishing later. Not finishing not, later. Not finishing no, later, no, no. right. You're right. No, but starting, but earlier. starting earlier. Starting earlier and still finishing just before Labor Day. Uh, I think you'll see that in the end. Uh, I think that you'll see Williamsport, Aberdeen, State College, um, Staten Island, Lowell, um, uh, Brooklyn. Uh, all. I, they'll make it. I think they'll make it. Uh, the, uh, but it's going to take a contentious negotiation for them to make it. But they're also, but they're going to be expanding their schedules and so forth and whatever. What Williamsport has going forward is the money that Major League Baseball has invested in that park for the dugouts. 
uh, for the field and so forth, because that is to Major League standard. And But, Steve, more the, the publicity they get from that Sunday night l- game during the Little League World Series with all those Little Leaguers sitting in the fans, these little kids, yeah. it makes for great television, great marketing, and it showcases what's best about the game of baseball. It does, but they can still play that game without the crosscutters being there. So, I mean, they can still play it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a question of of the great people, not good, but a great organization with Gabe Sinecropi and and what he does up there. I I mean, believe me. I mean, I'll verbally fight this fight on their behalf any time because they throw their heart and souls into it. Up there, they do. Hey, we got to take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment because we've got to pay the Shikolami play-by-play broadcasters' uh, bills here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance.